Because when we purchase a done-for-you curriculum that is packaged up, and all you have to do is open it up and do it in a way that is telling your children, this is how you need to conform to what learning looks like, what learning means. And maybe that works for your child, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe it works on Monday, and it doesn't on Tuesday. So we need to be open and willing to even switching up the way that we go about teaching from curriculum. We started homeschooling because we want the freedom to educate our children in the way that's best for them. We want to be the one to provide that for them. But too quickly, expectations get in the way and it starts to get overwhelming trying to make learning happen. My name is Natalie Burns and welcome to the Assured Podcast where we talk about how to homeschool and not get burned out by it. After a decade of teaching high school in the public school system, I left my position to homeschool my own three children. Now I share the practical learning strategies you can incorporate into your homeschool teaching and tackle the underlying belief systems that have been holding you back from having a deeper connection with your child through the process. Here you will find refreshment as you embrace the personal growth that comes with homeschooling. Every child deserves a custom education. I want you to feel assured that you are equipped to be the one to provide that for them. Join us for each episode to learn how to approach your homeschool teaching from a place of easygoing confidence. Hey there, welcome back. Season one, episode three now, we are talking about what you definitely need to do before you throw out your curriculum. Because we've all been there, right? Where we are doing a curriculum that we researched for hours, we were so sure about, we paid a lot of money for and waited a long time to get. Everyone was excited about the unboxing and getting started only to find that the shine wore off so quickly and our children are just no longer on board, but you've got this laid out in your planner for like the next few months and you're not sure what to do. Do we completely switch up the curriculum? Do we try to just get through it anyways? I thought this was supposed to make my life easier, but here it is just making everything harder and this is a problem and I can't survive this for much longer. It has to change. Well, here is the podcast for you. We are going to talk about how you can change that without needing to purchase something new because I am a firm believer that you can make any curriculum work for you. In fact, you don't need to even use curriculum if you don't want to. Now, that being said, it can make our lives easier to have something already laid out. So it takes a lot more effort to teach from this intuitive approach that comes with unschooling. Though, if you would like to use curriculum, that doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong or that you're doing it worse or anything like that. And if you're doing no curriculum, that doesn't mean that you are doing it wrong or doing it worse. It's all around what is the right way for you. And so once you understand more about your family purpose and values around homeschooling, it will guide you into decision making for future curriculum. And really, you just give things a go sometimes and see what works and what doesn't. And your children are going to change over time. So maybe you have identified that this does work, but maybe it just works at a different season of life for you. How can you now take what you already have and get it to actually work right now so that you don't waste your money, so you don't waste your time, so that you don't waste effort and energy trying to just get through 
homeschool survival. Well, this is what you need to change. It's so, so simple. All you need to do is change the approach. <laughs> I know. Here's, here's the way. The quick win here for you today is using this theory called the multiple intelligences theory. Basically, this guy, Dr. Howard Gardner, stated that there's more than one way to be intelligent. There's more than one way to measure how smart someone is. There's this uh, old joke where you have all of these different animals lined up in front of a teacher at a desk and they're outside and there's a big tree behind them and you've got the elephant and you've got a monkey and you've got a fish in the fishbowl, even on a post. And then you've got the snake. And then the man behind the desk is saying, all right, everybody, we are all now going to have a fair assessment. Everybody climb that tree. And you look at this and you go, oh my goodness, isn't this what we're doing to our children with the education system? We're saying there is one way of going about doing this and you need to try to find a way to make that happen. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a child. Now we're doing this with the public school system, with the private school system. And we're also, I'm so sorry to say, we're doing this in our homeschools because when we purchase a done for you curriculum that is packaged up, and all you have to do is open it up and do it in a way that is telling our children, this is how you need to conform to what learning looks like, what learning means. And maybe that works for your child and maybe it doesn't. Maybe it works on Monday and it doesn't on Tuesday. So we need to be open and willing to even switching up the way that we go about teaching from curriculum. And that's why I want to provide for you somewhat of a done for you experience with how you go about your homeschool teaching. So let's look at this multiple intelligence theory, because there's not one way to do something and think about something. And then we shouldn't be assessing in one way either. Like that joke was kind of telling us. Instead, we want to think about the different ways that people think. All right, let's walk through these each one at a time, what these different intelligences are, and I'm going to give you an example of how you can adapt your teaching for this kind of thinking if this is the way your child tends to think. And if you are visual and you need to see this, then I will leave an image in the description below as well. Okay, let's start with visual spatial visualizing the world in 3D. So if your child tends to think this way, then things like watching documentaries for your history or creating posters to show off what they learned. Maybe you can get an app that allows them to actually design a space. That's going to be really helpful if your child tends to think this way. If your child tends to think as a naturalist, they would then have a better understanding of living things and like reading nature and connecting through creation. So if your child thinks this way, then obviously these nature walks are going to be really big in your home and nature journaling. You can even try something like geocaching, which is kind of like a forest scavenger hunt using a compass. The next way is musical. Those with a musical intelligence are more inclined to discerning sounds and pitch and tone and rhythm. You can allow your child to show off their learning through songs that they create, or maybe you can get them an instrument like a kalimba is really gentle on the ears if you'd like to help foster that growth of the range of musical notes. 
for a child that is more bodily kinesthetic, you know, coordinating your mind with your body, you know that they're going to need a lot more movement. So take reading to the floor, spread out these different letters so that as they jump on the different letters, they can make these phonics sounds as they learn to read with this movement included. Hopping, say dot to dot, saying not D-O-T, but D-O-T for dot. Otherwise, you're just teaching them what the alphabet letters are rather than actually how to read them. The next way is logical, mathematical. These children do really well in the traditional school system. They're really great at quantifying, making hypotheses, evaluating results. You know, sounds really formal, but it doesn't have to be. If your child thinks this way, get them a Rubik's Cube, lots of puzzle games. Have you gone and tried out an escape room or even like a mail order mystery? The next way of thinking is interpersonal. Sensing people's feelings and motives. So for any subject area, you can have your child apply their idea in a way that makes the community a better place. So for example, they could design a rain catching system when you're talking about the water cycle. For intrapersonal types of thinking, understanding yourself and what you feel and what you want. We see these thinkers go on to work as consultants and criminologists. They would really love reflection questions. So at the end of the day, show them a traffic light picture, ask them what things are green, good to go, yellow, proceed with caution or red, stop, I don't know. And finally, linguistic, using words to express meaning. Again, these kinds of thinkers do really well in the traditional school setting, and they typically make really great authors and public speakers. So to foster this in your child, you can make sure that they have a journal and are constantly writing in their journal spend extra time discussing and unpacking ideas as a family. And if you're trying to grow this way of thinking, maybe you could start with something a little more silly, like a wreck this journal where they actually have to go and journal, but it's to do kind of silly and destructive things. Okay, so why does all of this matter? Well, first of all, when we can take all of these done for you curriculum, and then actually apply it and personalize it, customize it for the way that your child tends to think. They're going to, first of all, connect with that more meaningfully, more easily. They're going to enjoy it more. They're going to see more relevance in their learning, and they're going to be more on board with you through the entire process. You want to try to tap into the way that your child enjoys thinking and tends to think, and you also want to gently stretch them to grow in these other ways of thinking as well. So pushing them just enough that it stretches without being a stressful process. I promised you that we would also be looking at that inner transformation aspect. So I'd like you to now think about yourself. Think about what way or ways you tend to think and learn and where you tend to process information when you hear something for the very first time. So what you think and the ways you learn may or may not be the same as the way your child tends to think and learn. And so I want you to have grace for yourself and to have grace for your child that you are each individuals. And yes, they are picking up so much from you. And yes, they're also growing in their own individual ways. So we don't want to have the ways that we like to think and learn be the only ways that we present 
learning to our children. We want to give them opportunities for all of these ways. So for a moment here, walk back down memory lane with me. If you tend to think in one of those ways that are more acceptable in the school system, think about what learning looked like for you, what your experience was like. And if you tend to think a little bit differently than the classic ways that classrooms operate, so for example, maybe if you're more musical or naturalistic, then how was your learning experience and what do your experiences with your own learning have to do now with the way that you teach your child? I want you to strongly consider how you view learning and how that comes across in your teaching. Now, for many of us that are homeschooling, freedom is a key buzzword. We definitely want the freedom to learn the way that we want to. So maybe you felt stifled in your learning experience growing up and you don't want that for your child. Or maybe you want to give them so many more opportunities than you had because maybe you were forced to kind of fit into a box of other ways of thinking instead of really exploring what you are passionate about yourself. So have some grace for yourself and notice how these feelings bubble out into the way you approach your homeschool teaching and notice your child and what kinds of ways they tend to think that you can tap into for some of those more difficult moments. And maybe you can even stretch them with when they are feeling willing and ready to do that with you. Well, I hope that you find this example of using the multiple intelligences to be a really helpful way to personalize and customize the way that you go about your homeschool curriculum or no curriculum in your home. And if you found this helpful, valuable, then I would love to know the easiest way that you can let me know is by hitting that follow button and then sharing with a friend so that more can join us for the next episode next week.